The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when his blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in his precious blood, my sin to atone. Let me talk to you tonight about something a little bit, a little bit lighter, but, but just as necessary. The, uh, the subject of the millennium, the coming millennium, this is the fall harvest moon. You've heard in a song, there's a song that says something about by the harvest moon. can't remember quite what it is, but it just... Da, 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 da. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> Guess that tune. Remember, this? remember that? Guess that tune. On the light of the harvest moon. Why does the light of the harvest moon mean anything? Because that's when the moon is closest to the earth. Uh, it is going to be closest to the earth tonight. It's going to happen again in 2033. It's been all over the web. It's been all over the weather channel. It's been, they're not predicting the end of the world. The weather channel is not predicting the end of the world, praise the Lord. <clears throat> but the harvest moon is not always visible from everywhere. It's uh, specifically in other areas. Some areas better than others. But it's going to turn a light color red. People are trying to sensationalize that Hagee, which I like in some areas, but Hagee has gone overboard on this for sure. And another Jewish Christian pastor has gone overboard. The guy that wrote the book, uh, Harbinger, uh, is just simply going overboard on it. They have no real reason, no evidence for it. They kind of consider some big thing's going to happen today. Well, you know what? I could say that about any day. And, And some big thing could happen. And then I'm a hero. I've seen these faith healers get on TV, haven't you? And say, somebody out there has a bad stomach right now. Right here, you got a pain right here. You got a pain right here. Well, I guarantee you. I just started getting a little pain right there. I mean, come on. How cheap. And if you got that pain, you know, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. And, and, and if you're appreciative, send in some money. That's always what follows that thing. Send in a little money to help us keep on the air and that kind of thing. Now, if they didn't mention the money, if they never mentioned the money, if it wasn't about the money, I'd feel better about it. But it always involves the money. If you go to those faith healing, I've watched videos of those faith healing things. They got the Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets full of money. They are full of money. I mean, just full of money. And there's hundreds and hundreds of them. And it's amazing to me how they really prey on people in their weakest moments. Uh, I guarantee you, if a doctor says you got cancer, people will prey on you. I mean, you will hear every wacko possible thing that could ever possibly cure you. And the truth is, most of the time, nothing cures you because God gave it to you for a reason. And uh, you end up dying, like many of the people who get cancer end up dying. Chemotherapy, no chemotherapy. Radiation, no radiation. Uh, 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 peach pits or no peach pits. Uh, 
I know I had cancer, and I mean, I had people on me like crazy. I ended up taking radiation. I am a survivor of radiation treatment. I can tell you, it wasn't radiation that cured me. It was God. Because he's the one that holds life in his hand. I preached on it. It Was it the figs, or was it God that healed Hezekiah? It was God. He used them. Praise the Lord for that. So, enough said. I want to talk to you about the millennium. There's 20 specific areas, characteristics of this coming 1,000-year period that is coming our way. You say, Brother Bill, my man is a born-again Christian. Am I going to be able to experience the millennium? You are. You're going to be able to experience the millennium, but you're not going to experience the millennium in a mortal body. You folks here tonight that are born again are, and those that are listening to me uh, over the Internet or wherever this goes, you are going to experience the millennium in a new body, like unto his glorious body, a body in which I believe is, is produces its own light. And you're, you're going to be creatures, luminaries, creatures of light. Why? God is light. And we're going to be like him. What did Jesus look like on the Mount of Transfiguration? We're going to be like that. And God's going to give us that. That's, that's the, that is his gift to us. And then so many more things. But in, in this millennial period, I read you last week those verses uh, where it says we're a royal priesthood, a chosen people, that we're going to be give, given out what you do and how faithful you are to the light you've been given here in this time as born-again Christians, is going to determine on the other side in this millennial period what position of authority, what position of service you're going to have over there for Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't care where I am. You will. You will. You will. Those are just vain words. You will care. People aren't going to just be happy just to make it to heaven. They're going to want to be in heaven and by the grace of God enjoy the fullness of heaven which is going to be open to you by your faithfulness here. That's why the Bible so often talks about be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. It's going to be worth it. And your faithfulness here is going to help other people go. Don't you have a desire in your heart to take as many people with you to heaven as you can while you're here on earth? The little bit of stint you got here on earth, I want to be able to have some people in heaven that because Bill Lytell existed uh, and the grace of God worked in him, of course, God gets all the glory. We know that no flesh or glory in his presence, but I'm talking in front of Jesus Christ. He'll be, some people will be in heaven through the vessel. I like the verse. You know, one of my favorite verses, if you would take your Bibles, we're going to go to a few places tonight. You're not going to be able to turn to all of them, but a few if you would. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. If you're using your cell phone for your Bible, I appreciate that. I, when I travel, I always use my cell phone as my Bible. The problem is when you go into church and not one other person has a cell phone, and you whip your cell phone out and start using it as a Bible, all them holy brothers and sisters in Christ look at you like you're the worst heathen that ever walked the face of the earth. They think you're playing video games or texting. Whatever you do, once in a while on my cell phone, if a preacher has a good note, I will take a note of his sermon. Of course, what do you think? that They think I'm texting. They think I'm texting. And I've had people come to me almost, almost, not every week, but almost every month, people come to me and say, I saw somebody texting while you were preaching. 
I hope it's not so. I hope it's not so. How about they were taking notes, putting it in reminders? Let's look at it that way. They were putting it in reminders. Like That's probably what Chris is doing back there. <laughs> Even though four or five of you said they saw it. But anyway, uh, no, they didn't. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 and it said, Go your way, eat the fat. Everybody said, Drink the sweet. And the sin portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. But this is the phrase right here. For the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. Now I know times are bad. Times are bad. Times have always been bad. Men never have been good. Why? I read some book. I read books going back to the 1600s. And you wouldn't believe how hopeless they talked about their youth. The youth were shot. It's always a youth. The youth were shot. The youth were rebels. The youth were going off to the left. They didn't know how everything was. This is back in the 1600s. What could you have been doing? You weren't watching any electronic pornography. You, you weren't going to bad movies. You know what? You're, 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 I mean, I understand the sin nature is a sin nature. And you can lust in your mind. It's like, yeah, but I mean, you, had, you were limited compared to this group. And so I, I realized right off the bat that there was really no generation in their perspective that they thought everything was just wonderful. Even the World War II fo folks thought that the, the, the kids were shot and the world was shot and it was all over. So you got to be careful about getting, don't get down in the mouth as a born-again Christian to where everything's hopeless. Uh, oh, nobody loves me, everybody hates me. I think I'll just eat worms. Don't do it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But remember where it is, it's the joy of the Lord. Don't you... I'm not talking pie in the sky. I'm not talking about this positive image and junk where you get in front of the mirror and say, I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm, if you're ugly, I don't care how long you say that, you ain't going to be beautiful. <laughs> you, you ain't going to change your looks by that. Paint the barn, that's the best you're going to do. But look positive imaging. I went into a guy's house that was a member. It used to be a member at Gospel Baptist. That's a key word. It used to be a member at Gospel Baptist here. Had a big old 40-foot yacht up on his refrigerator. And I said, what are you doing with that up there? And he said, I'm positive imaging. I said, you want a 40-foot? Uh, it was a cigarette boat. 40-foot cigarette boat? He said, well, I'm never going to get it if I don't think about it. And I said, you ain't never going to get it. Let me just settle it right now. You're not going to get it. If you got it, and a big wave comes over the back of them cigarette boats, they sink in less than three seconds. You don't want one of them things. You couldn't afford the fuel on that thing. <clears throat> oh, you brother Bill, that's so negative. I'm sorry. So, but that positive imaging thing, it just makes me crazy. How about having some pictures maybe of your neighbors on there that you're praying that they get saved? That's positive imaging. How about taking the Crichton's picture and putting it up on your fridge just for the next three months while they're gone and asking Jesus to help them over in Malta so them old Catholics may go to heaven? That's positive imaging. Yeah, that's good stuff. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I have to tell you, I struggle in this. I have struggled in this. I battle this. I am, my mother was a realist, and I'm a realist after her. And realist is a nice word for meaning. That you look on the dark side of the thing. <laughs> I'm a realist. 
my dad was always uh, upbeat, always, you know, went through World War II, survived. He said, nothing else can go bad. I'm, I'm up on everything. He'd always seem to want to look at it. But she'd always be looking at the dark side of the world, you know, the dark side, the dark side, the dark side. If, there, if, there, if, if Star Wars had been written back then, she'd have wore a Darth Vader suit sometimes. <laughs> and I mean, she just would look on the dark side of those things. And as a kid, I'm watching, you know, you're listening, man. Kids are listening. They're watching. And they're looking at that whole mom and dad thing going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I decided I want to be like him, but I'm like her. You know, I want to be like him, but really nature-wise, I'm like her. So I've been battling that whole thing from, from day one. So I, when I say the, the joy of the Lord is your strength, why am I saying that? Because the second feature, first feature I talked about last week in the, in the millennium, there's going to be peace. The second feature in the millennium, there's going to be joy. Jesus, others, and you has been defined. Jesus, others, and you. And that's about the right, that's about the right order of that. I notice people that are introspected are some sad group of folks. The people that are thinking about me, myself, and I are, are one group of sad folk. The beauty, boy, I hope you most of you got this, but the, the, the source of joy in Christ is Jesus. Others and you. Keep it in that order, not you, uh, others, and Jesus last. It says in Isaiah, which is a millennium verse in Isaiah chapter 12, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation, brother. Hallelujah. Um, the fullness of joy is coming. In Isaiah 25, 8, it says, He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. That's Isaiah 600 B.C. That also was repeated again in the Revelation. I think if it's in more than one place and repeated, I think you can stamp that. It's going to do it. It's going to be there. Some of you have wept and wept and wept and wept. You know, you've had secret sorrows and hurts and betrayals and children gone awry. And even yet tonight your heart is broken over a child that's out there in sin that hasn't turned to God and you've cried out for him. But there'll be a day when God will wipe those tears away from your eyes. In the millennial period, there's going to be joy, joy, joy. Isaiah 52, verse 9 says, Break forth into joy and sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people and hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord. Has it happened yet? That's a millennial verse. That's a millennial verse scattered all throughout the scripture. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 15. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency and joy of many generations. Has that happened yet? No. It is in the future. It's still to come. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of of Jerusalem, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The king of Jerusalem, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. Has that happened? No. That's a millennial verse. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 said, Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest his, in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Some of you can't carry a tune. I mean, you can't. 
I mean, when you try to sing, something comes out. You don't know. It's 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 one of them errant sounds that you don't know what's going on. You're you're what they call tin eared, and that's just God just hasn't given you the ability to sing. And your best friend is that guy or woman who tells you probably ought to sing low. But brother, there'll be a day when everybody that has not been able to sing will be able to sing, and you're going to sing better than anybody you've ever heard here. And those who can sing, you're going to sing better than any time you've ever sang in the past, because in the millennial period, it's going to be a time of joy. What accompanies joy? Smiling, singing, giggling, giggling. When's the last time you giggle? Some of you looking at me tonight, you're scaring When's the last time you giggled? I mean, you just got delighted in your soul. Like when Troy, when I served up the food, when Troy was a small three, four-year-old, and put that banana on his little thing, he just... That's right. You were talking about it. He did, and I just loved to hear it. The sound of it was so pure and so real. And I, I, it was just a giggle. I said to Kelly, that's got to be... Jesus said, Refuse not these little ones to come unto me, that such are they are the kingdom of heaven. They got the evil nature, but they don't have as bad as you do. It takes time to get it deeper and grow in you. But brother, they giggle. You're going to be able to giggle. You're going to be able to laugh. You're going to be able to have laughter. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be lightness. This critical spirit will be gone. Hallelujah, glory to God. The spirit that just wants to devour one another will be gone. You won't be fault-finding no more. You're not going to be negative anymore. Because the millennial period, you're not going to have that. It's not going to be part of it. God says, no, no, no. Zechariah chapter 10, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them again to the place and place them. For I have mercy, I, I, for I have mercy upon them, and they shall be as though I had not cast them off. For I am the Lord their God, and will hear them. And, and they of Ephraim shall be like the mighty man, and their hearts shall rejoice as though, as through wine, yea, children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. Well, you're going to go around like when at Pentecost was a little foreshadow of it. These men are drunk. These men are drunk. I've been around a little bit of drinking. And I've seen people that are laughing and merry and happy and, 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 and acting crazy, almost stupid, we're going to be stupid happy. I mean, you'll be like, are these men, why Peter says not yet in the ninth hour. They haven't drank anything. This is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost fills you, there's a sense of joy. It comes on you. Why? The Bible says, Galatians, the nine fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Peace is a characteristic of the name of joy. You say, well, I'm just not that type of person. Get to be. Ask God to make you. I want to be, I want to have more joy. I want to have more joy. Can you have too much joy? I don't know. I haven't met anybody lately. <laughs> Where I've said, you know, cut it out, you're too happy. I have met some where I could say, if you get any more negative, the lightning's going to strike you. This is the third thing we're going to find in the, in the millennium is holiness. Holiness. 
Uh, there's a disconnect here. In this generation, for sure, there's a disconnect around the subject of holiness. Um, the key problems in the average Christian's life may be a lack of holiness or the area of holiness. Many simply do not understand what the Bible is talking about. They oftentimes are repelled by the thought that they are, to, they are not to fulfill every whim and desire of the old man. Because holiness is not holiness is separation to God, separation from evil. It's a two-sided word. It's one coin with two sides. One side says separate from evil. One side says separate to God, same coin. That's what holiness is. It is one coin with two sides. So we're to be separated. By the way, you can't be in evil and with God. They're mutually exclusive. It's like pouring oil and water. They separate immediately. They just separate. They never do combine. You can shake them all up, and they'll immediately separate. And you can't live in the flesh and the lusts of the flesh and say you walk in the Spirit. Those two things are mutually exclusive. They cannot happen. So we walk in the Spirit. We won't obviously won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh because they don't mix. You with me on this? You get So if you're over here, you're not going to be there. If you're there, you can't be over here. It's going to help you. Holiness is a natural outcropping of walking in the Holy Spirit. It is being like Jesus. It is having his temperament. It is having his thought patterns. It's having his value system. Holiness is a foreign concept to natural man. Holiness is, however, absolutely necessary if you want to see God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You got that? No man's going to see the Lord. Now, who? how do you have holiness? You don't conjure holiness up. You don't will holiness. The old man and the old flesh cannot be holy. It doesn't have the ability to be holy. But now we as born-again Christians know you not. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. So in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6, both places say that we now are the residents, the holy of holies, the very holy place where the Holy Spirit dwells, God in us, the hope of glory. So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, that means the natural outcry of that would be to live a life conforming to what the Holy Spirit is, which is holy. You got that. So it's not something you've got to sit in a corner for a minute and go, I've got to be holy, I've got to be holy, I've got to be holy. It is something you wake up in the morning, you give your life to Christ, you give your, you give your uh, intellect, emotions, and will to God, you give every decision you have, make that day to God, and you say, please help me walk in the Spirit of God. And consequently, the holiness will be the product of that. It'll be the product of walking in the Spirit. And if you fail, the Holy Spirit will go, on your shoulder. You'll feel that caution in your spirit. I just did something wrong. I just did something wrong there. I had somebody just recently come to my office and say, I, I went in and did, I, they were describing something they did, and they said, you know, I just I just got that right here. I just got that right. And, I, and, and this person's not a mature Christian. They said, I just got a feeling that that just wasn't right. I said, ooh, I believe you're born of the Spirit of God. I, feel, I believe that was the Holy Spirit telling you, no, 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 that's not good. Romans chapter 6, verse 19, New Testament. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, 
For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. So we have the ability to control the degree of God controlling us. If we, if we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit in our will, we say we're willing to do it, then God says, I'll fill you and make you like me, holy, which is apart from sin and to him. If you say, I ain't, you ever get up grouchy? Or do you just let her sleep? People say to me, I get up grouchy. It's a filthy habit. I used to get up grouchy. Can you believe that? I used to get up grouchy. I used to get up grouchy. And you know, it was a filthy, no good, rotten habit. I just decided one day that that was not a way to be. And I said, Lord Jesus, please help me to get up thinking about you. Get up thinking about the positive. Get up thinking about heaven. Get up thinking about the word of God. Get up thinking about not how I felt because I feel like death warmed over some mornings. How many of you like death warmed over some mornings? Amen. Man, some mornings I get up, you couldn't feel worse, you'd be dead. And I'd be like, okay, that whole feeling in the morning of being so rough, I got to go by that, and I got to start saying, so I, I, memorized, I memorized a little passage of Scripture. And so when I, when I wake up, this could be 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning. It could be any time. I get up, I say, bless the Lord, O my soul, all those only bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits. Uh who, he, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy strength may be renewed as the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now sometimes I say it with my teeth gritted. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But by the time you get done with that, Joy is entering into your spirit now. And you praise him. Even I've said that with a migraine. I've said that with pain. I've said that with gout where I couldn't hardly speak it. But you know what? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all these benefits. It is, it, is a, it is a positive thing. It is a real thing. It is, it is lining your mind up with the reality of the universe rather than that negativity that you want to sink down into and that grouchiness. The, 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 the characteristic of millennium period, brother, is going to be holiness. We're going to have peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to have holiness. Um, Isaiah 35, 8 says, And the highway shall be there a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Unclean shall not pass over it. It shall be for those, the wayfaring men, Though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go thereupon. It shall be not, not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk therein. That's you and me. That's you and me. I get to walk on the highway of holiness. Not the stairway to heaven, but the highway to holiness, brother. The devil said, I want you to go to the stairway of heaven with a Led Zeppelin. I said, no, they're going down. That stairway goes down, brother, the ways of hell. I want to go on the highway of holiness. Imagine, I don't know if God will let you remember old gospel Baptist and being here 
at, at, at the harvest moon. That old red-faced Baptist preacher, he was, the Bible was right. The Bible's right. Here I am on the highway of holiness. It's true. Isaiah 35, 10 says, The ransomed Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs, with everlasting joy upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. You can almost make it through anything, it's been said, if you have hope. And there is hope. It's real hope. It's not pie-in-the-sky hope. It's real hope. I, uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, 23 said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, as yet they shall use this speech in the land of Judah and the cities thereof. When I shall bring again their captivity, the Lord shall bless thee, O habitation of justice, and the mountain of holiness. Zephaniah 3.11 says, In that day there shall not be a shame for all thy doings wherein thou hast transgressed against me. For then I will take away out of the midst of them that rejoice in thy pride, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. God's going to take the pride away, the proud away. He's going to take the, going to take the, the naysayer away. Going to take the, going to take the griper away. Going to take the ones who, who want to destroy and tear down away. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that group. I want to be in the group that builds up. I want to be in the group that God says is going higher by the grace of God. Ze Zechariah eight three says. I return unto Zion, will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Brother, let me just try to reason with you a little bit tonight. <clears throat> if you're uncomfortable around the Bible, and if you're uncomfortable around the assembly of Christians, um, you're uncomfortable about being separated from the world, you're uncomfortable with the praising of God, you probably need to see if you're saved. You probably need to check out whether you're saved or not. It's possible that you've deceived yourself. It's possible you didn't really give God your whole heart when you came to salvation. It's possible that you got a form of religion but no power because those are the things that are going to be in heaven. Those are the things that are going to be in the millennium. I always tell people don't want to attend church, and I meant tons of them. I don't go to church anymore. Oh, it's one thing or another, you know. See, the deacons weren't good enough. The preacher wasn't good enough. Nobody shook their hand. Nobody cared about them. Somebody betrayed them. Somebody did a job for them, ripped them off. It was 101 reasons. I've heard all kinds of stuff. All I tell them is, you sure are going to have a hard time in heaven if you get to go there. Because those are the people you're going to be with. It ain't going to be just one hour on Sunday morning, one hour on Sunday night. Ooh, it's going to be for all eternity. In fact, the, the ones you dislike the most probably going to be your neighbor. I just figured a long time ago, if you don't like the people of God here, you're going to have an awful hard time in heaven because that's what we're going to be with. You know, you got to check yourself out if you love them out there more than you love these people. You people with all your faults, I love you a whole lot more than I love those folks out there. Oh, those folks out there may be sweeter than you. They may be kinder than you. They may, be, they may have that social thing all figured out. But brother, bless God, you're the redeemed of the Lord. You're the ones with the Holy Spirit of God. You're the ones that are going to inherit the coming kingdom. And you're the ones that I'm going to live with by the grace of God. I better get used to you. 
And Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you what? Love one another. Doesn't mean I have to like you. It means I have to love you. It's not possible to like everybody. You know, you may not like haagen ice cream. I mean, how can I like you if you don't like that? Isn't that the way we are? You may not like fried chicken. How can, how can, how can you be that way? You, you may not like mac and cheese and hot dogs. I mean, it's possible that you may not eat meat. I mean, we, we're different. And those differences create sometimes where we don't necessarily like each other. But, brother, I love you. I love you. I hope by the grace of God I die for you. I hope by the grace. One thing I want to do is live for you and do right and point you to heaven. Be, be, a, be an upper taker, not the undertaker. Amen. Lift, lift you up in life. But, boy, oh, boy, the sins of the flesh are more. If you're right with God in, in the way of holiness, the sins of the flesh, as you grow in Christ, become more detestable than they used to be. Hey, listen. The pleasures of sin do not seem to have the pull on you they once did. How do you know you're growing in holiness? That's how. You want to be with the people of God more than you used to want to be with the people of God. You're more forgiving of the people of God. You're more, you're more uh, understanding of the people of God than you used to be. And that shows me that you're growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He's preparing you for His kingdom. He's preparing you for what's to come down the road. Glory to God. And if, you, if the system of this world and the economics of this world have lost their glitter, you're growing in Christ. Isn't it the Bible in 1 John 2, 2, 15? It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That can be hunting and fishing, by the way. Don't get overly enamored with hunting and fishing and all that other stuff and, 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 and neglect the things of God. And say it's just, no, no, those things can be done and you can have fun, but they've got to be in the balance of your life. Then God will bless you when you do them. I found this, do what God wants you to do, he'll bless you in them other things. He'll bless you in them other things. He don't mind you filling the boat full of fish. He don't mind that a bit. If you did what he wanted you to do. If you went, even golfing. You see it all the time. People golfing on Sunday, not going to church. Imagine that. I can't imagine. We're going to have peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to have holiness. I like in Psalm 126, let me end with this. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. You know where I preached this the last time? On the peak of McKinney Hall's roof, which is right up there. In 1995, I believe it was. Uh, we had reached 300. I said, if we ever reach 300 total, and that's cats, dogs, that's somebody walking across the property. If we ever reach 300, I'm going to preach from the roof. And this was a playground area, and we had a roof, we had a roof up there. Old Ernie Stewart built me a little cage up there in case I got carried away. I didn't fall off the roof. And we set chairs up in the grass here, tried to kill the fire ants. Impossible, but we tried to kill the fire ants. And we had some peeved chairs over there on the pavers. We had chairs here, 
And I preached on this, verse Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and tongue was singing. We said, <clears throat> that said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. See, I couldn't even believe from the humble beginnings we had had in 1980. I couldn't even believe that God had blessed us enough to have 300 people come to church. Oh, I feel sorry for you that didn't struggle with us when we had 15 on Sunday nights and when we had seven or eight show up and when we had one show up on door to door. We had two vans were rusted through because we bought them from Yankees. Oh, those, those, good, those beginning days are sweet because what they do is they prepare you for the day. You first had 300 people, and you go, we were like them that dream. God's got much better stuff ahead of us, stuff that is going to make you step back and say, when you return the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Our mouth was full of laughter, our tongues singing. You'll say the Lord had done great things for us. Years ago, in 2000 or so, we reached 700 one Sunday. 750. I went home and said, God in heaven. Wow, has done great things for us. You say it's not about numbers. No, it's about God. And doing that, which you look at and say it's not possible. When I look at those buses sitting out there and I see people running them and I see this kind of thing going on and door to door, 75 folks last year and all of that, it's God adding to the church such as should be saved. The millennium period will be a time of peace. Oh, I'll be looking forward to that. I look forward to the time of joy. <clears throat> joy. We have a lot of heartaches. I've had, I've had hard things happen. I've had deep and long heartaches, and I'm not done. I'm not done. But I can tell you this, there's joy in the Lord. It overcomes those heartaches, so your heart may ache and your spirit may be in pain, yet there is joy in spite of all of that, and you'll overcome it. And by the grace of God, someday He's going to wipe that negative stuff that's bothering you away and give you His joy in its fullness. And you're going to have love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance in total because you're going to be totally and absolutely controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. The millennial period is when God's going to, where sin is reigned now, God's going to reign then. And you know how far away that is? Your heart's going, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. One of these times you're going to get a little clot in it and it'll go. And you're going to see a guy walk up to a young man dressed totally in white, kind of almost face glowing. And he's going to walk up to you in the midst of a crowd of people and he's going to say, let's go. You'll say, go, let's go. It's time to go. And you're going to obey him. He's going to take you and it's all going to start. The things you've dreamt about, the things you've imagined are going to happen by the grace of God. Where are you at? Are you right with God? Are you where you should be with God? Have you lost? 
Let me say this. Do not get caught up in the fantasy of the world. People today are hiding from the sorrow of the world and the trouble of the world in fantasy. Let me talk to you young people. Because it's re you're real prone to get in video game fantasy, movie fantasy, TV fantasy. None of that's real. It has no future. There's no future there. The future is in the reality of God. Seek the reality of God. Now, I like a little fantasy once in a while. You know, I, I go fishing once in a while. I, I ride motorcycle. I do stuff. But <clears throat> this is my concentration right here. Make this. Be Why? Because out of all I do, I know this is real. All of this junk will turn to dust. This will still be here. God will still be here. The last is what they say, the last man standing. Father, help us to have a, a sense of reality to who you are. I believe you give us that as we seek you. You give us a sense of reality. Those who turn from it, you give them a sense of unreality as judgment. We pray, Father, that the Spirit of God may go up and down these rows. Encourage your people. The devil himself is after us like a roaring lion. He's not, he's, not, he's not just laying down. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to destroy marriages in this room. He's trying to destroy relationships in this room. He's trying to destroy <coughs> children to parents, parents to children. He's trying to destroy every good thing that God would have for us because he is who he is in doing what he does. He's the evil one. He's a polyon. He's a badden. He's a destroyer. Father, help us overcome him by the blood, by the word of our testimony, by the, by the blood of the Lamb, and that we love not our lives unto death. In Jesus' name, amen. All the praise belongs to him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave his life a ransom. Sinner